Greetings, Hempster. Thank you so much for tuning in to another hemp episode of Hemp Aware Radio. This is your hemptrepreneurial host, Tyler Hemp, here to empower and hemp educate your hemposphere as usual, because we know what to put emphasis on. And that is what's most important. So enough with the hempsicon. Hemp entrepreneurs and hemp companies around the world struggle to market and sell their hemp products, but it doesn't have to be that way. At HempAware, we provide strategic digital marketing and branding services so that hemp entrepreneurs just like you can transform the world with their hemp products and transform the planet in a way that supports all life. So if you're struggling to get traffic to your website or convert that traffic into ongoing sales, or if you're needing help with your website or marketing in any way, visit HempAware.com and check out some of the valuable resources that we have for hemp entrepreneurs and companies just like yours. On today's show, I'm excited to introduce you to a company called Hemp and Block, created by co-founder Derek Wolf and his wife. And so fueled by the passage of the Hemp Farming Act of 2018, Hemp and Block was formed to be a pioneering force in America's emerging hemp industry. And with its 25,000 plus known uses, the founders of Hemp and Block were fascinated with this miracle plant for what it offers in sustainability and for health and natural living. And every one of those uses for hemp can be tied to a job, a business, a service, a factory being erected, farming, or warehousing within the U.S. Building up all levels of the hemp industry is a surefire way to support the local economy, create jobs, ranging from construction to sales, revitalizing America's farming and manufacturing industries, and more. In particular, the founders knew in their hearts that hemp-based construction materials, hemp-lime building methods, and hempcrete products would be a cornerstone of hemp's future in the U.S., and they've been proudly making hempcrete blocks in Colorado since 2018. So as we say, home is where the heart is, and it's where your family is. So breathable, healthy homes built with natural materials and techniques with sustainability in mind helps ensure a vibrant future for those that you love. So to learn more about their project, go to hempandblock.com. And without further ado, thank you so much, Derek, for jumping on the show today. I appreciate you being here. Well, absolutely, Tyler. I appreciate the fantastic introduction. And I'm very excited to be here on your radio show with you. Right on, man. So tell us a little bit about your background mm-hmm. and kind of give us an introduction. What, what inspired you to enter into the sustainable construction industry and more specifically, what inspired you to create Hemp and Block? Right, right. So, you know, a lot of my story starts with my my parents and my grandparents. In particular, my father came when he was a small child, when he was five years old. He immigrated from Europe to the United States with his parents, my Oma and Opa, as we say in German, my grandparents. Mm-hmm. And with my my father and his father, they were natural craftsmen, tradesmen, and they spent a lot of their years working in lumber yards and doing construction, um, buying older homes to fix up and renovate. 
And from a young age, I kind of had a natural draw into the the trades. It came just really naturally. And there's uh, pictures of me floating around still in a envelope somewhere of, you know, being a small boy with a tape measure pretending to help my dad with some of these projects. And there was just a, a very natural attraction for me into um, construction. And over the years, professionally, I spent a lot of my, my time in manufacturing in the capacity of a production manager and quality manager. And I started keeping, really got engaged with the hemp and the cannabis industry around 2012, when a lot of the initial, the big push for recreation, recreational use was coming on the horizon. And on the one hand, you know, that that cannabis market has a, a big, important place. And a lot of people use that medicinally. But it was around that time, too, that I started looking into and kind of discovering the farming potential and the fiber potential and these big key uses that aren't really addressed by the, you know, that old cannabis industry. And fast forward to today, especially, um, my wife and I, when we started creating our family, my kids are getting older and they kind of get more concerned about the world that my children are going to be inheriting. And in particular with construction, conventional modern construction, we have a lot of products that get used that could be outright harmful or toxic. There's off-gassing concerns. And so really everything came together, kind of intertwined on this notion that we can take a love for building and construction and the practicality, and we can bring in the hemp plant with all of its, as you said, over 25,000 uses, and use that to really make big improvements on the construction industry, which I know we'll dig into during our chat today. But for myself, I saw an opportunity to, to be of service to the industry using my manufacturing background and also a bit of construction to take a fantastic concept, which is building with hemp as hemp lime or hemp creep and kind of help push it out to the forefront and get it into the hands of more and more people that are wanting to build with better materials, but maybe they're not familiar enough or it's too new to dive into on their own. So I really saw a chance to help connect the dots and bridge the gap for folks where we can make the industry, the building industry cleaner and healthier and much more sustainable and do it to scale in a way that makes sense and keeps it reasonable. And last and most important, in a way that we can be true to ourselves and feel really good about what we're doing. That's really inspiring. Yeah. So you you were kind of born into that world of building construction. Your your grandma and grandpa and your dad were builders and all of that. And so that that's what inspired you to at least look in this direction or you, you discovered and got engaged in 2012 with the hemp industry 
after having a background in manufacturing. So it's really neat to be able to take your trade and your skills and expertise and to come across this plant to be able to integrate it into what you're already doing, what you're already good at. And I, I like how you say connect the dots and build the gap. And that's one of our expressions here at HempAware is to make your dot, which stands for do one thing, hemp. And so it's like make putting right. your hemp dot on the map. And I think that's one thing that you've done is figure out what's the one thing that you can do to make a difference in people's lives in the world with hemp. And so it's really exciting to, to hear your focus and you're, you're, you know, staying in your lane and you've picked something, not just right. hemp construction, but a specific hemp Crete block. It's an actual, you know, finished product, which is really yes. fun and exciting, which kind of leads me to my next curious question of all the different products that you could have come up with or that you could have, brought to the market why specifically did you choose to do a hempcrete block mm, that's a great question tyler so the potential that i see with a hempcrete block and this has been uh, becoming more realized every day is there's been more and more interested people contacting us and showing just a ton of interest in these hempcrete blocks, the potential that I saw, like we mentioned with bridging the gaps and connecting the dots, the potential I saw is that if you use automation and production equipment and cast a hempcrete block in the same, the same expectations for standards and quality that you would have to uphold for anything you're doing to scale, the potential I see is that we can reach a scale that's really meaningful and there's a consistency with running these mixes through production equipment where you can take a lot of the guesswork out of, let's say, the, what's the performance going to be for these homes that these blocks are going into and people that have built so-called cast-in-place hempcrete, which I do have a ton of appreciation for, but everyone will say that you have to be really careful with the manner that you tamp it. You have to be very consistent. Otherwise, you'll have a very, very wide swinging density and performance across that wall. So in particular, with hempcrete blocks, the potential that I saw that it fortunately seems to be right on right on target was we can kind of demystify for the sake of the builders and the homeowners, the clients, we can kind of demystify the magic behind hemp line construction and do it in a way that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, to be direct, Tyler, the second biggest reason was that when we got started in 2018, we originally looked at potentially distributing blocks already on the market, but what we found was that in America, there was no dedicated hemp block supplier. And what I found was the European companies, which I have a ton of respect for, there are some major European companies that have been doing great things in their industry, which 
they didn't have the prohibition of hemp that we did, so they kind of got a big head start. But I really admired what I was seeing them do to scale. And when I found the lack of that in the United States, I was really blown away. And it, it caused me to shift gears pretty drastically. And I had a realization of, well, they're doing this great thing there. And rather than people in the United States importing all of these European products, I became really fired up about the idea. Well, I had a vision of American factories with American workers using American hemp that was farmed and processed here in the States. And that does tie into just a huge string of job creation and benefiting up and down the American supply chain. So in a nutshell, the really the, the potential for consistency and doing it to scale and having a product that people who want to build with hemp, they can pick it up and go with it with having a lot of that, you know, mysticism and complexities kind of yeah, taken off the table a bit. And this is very favorable to masons and builders or even the, the DIY builder who wants to build with hemp, but maybe they don't want to deal with some of the hassles or complexity of doing all the mixing and all the tamping on site. And lastly, one of the probably biggest benefits is because we cast and cure that hempcrete block in our facility, it comes to the job site pre-cured and ready to go. And anyone who's built with hemp will tell you that when you cast in place, the result can be fantastic, but you have all that extended cure time for the hempcrete on the job. And that could be six to eight or 10 or more weeks of having to put a pause <clears throat> on the job site while you're waiting for these walls to cure. Whereas with a precast block, you lay it conventionally in a bed of mortar and you can just burn through these blocks going up the walls and you're not beholden. So builders can actually scale their builds in how many jobs they can accomplish by using a, a precast product as well. That is so neat. And I appreciate you mentioning this because it may not be obvious to some people, but like you said, uh, in a hemp nutshell, to kind of summarize what you said, there's this level of consistency. You're, you're getting rid of the guesswork in terms of how well it's going to perform because there's that mechanized process, you know, that, that automation in the production and ultimately making it easier for builders or for DIYers that just want to get their hands dirty and, and start working with this type of material without having to do more of the manual labor and the mixing. And there's a lot less chance of something going wrong, which is, is really powerful. Yes. And I think necessary with the demand for sustainable, eco-friendly building materials. And like you said, the, the curing time is it's obviously pre-cured. So you don't have to sit there and wait. So it saves time, which means that it saves money, I think in the end. So I Right. Appreciate all those really, really important points. Now, as far as maybe some of the misconceptions or myths or things about hempcrete or maybe 
what people think this is or what it isn't. Can you give us a little bit of clarification? Because I know some people think hempcrete is like concrete, which we all know that it's not. It's it's an insulation right. type product. But how does that relate to your products and maybe demystify right. some of those things that people think for us? Yeah, that's a great question. And and one example that I that comes to mind for sure is are some of the comparisons to concrete it's kind of like you know when you can have a good thing that's genuinely super duper good and it has a real effect and people are excited about it but sometimes there are some misconceptions or good intention pieces of information that are a little bit inaccurate and one of them is you know i've seen some of the memes floating around and pick the pick the grams where they say, oh, you know, hempcrete is seven times stronger than concrete. And one of the things with that is that on the one hand, hempcrete has a lot of fantastic shear strength with that hemp fiber reinforcing it. It's very, it's almost flexible, whereas concrete can be so brittle that it can actually fracture prematurely because it won't let the building naturally shift a bit. Whereas with hemp lime, hemp creep, it's self-healing in a sense and has some give to it where small shifts don't totally fracture your structure. But to say that hemp creep is seven times stronger than concrete, which would mean compressive strength, I, I, I become eager to help give some clarity to things like that because my goal is to put forward all of the genuine, very factual benefits. And as we go into people are building homes and eventually this will be in the commercial construction uh, scene very heavily, we have to get the truthful elements out there, which are so, there's just so many of them. So there's been some bits of mis misinformation that I like to help give some clarity and then have a conversation on what the real benefits really are, like fire resistance, mold resistance. There's tremendous acoustic sound benefits where you can keep the road noise from outside your home. You can block out that road noise and you can also in your interior of your home, you have a sound dampening effect between the rooms. So a lot of benefits there that, um, I like to focus on those and it, in terms of any other maybe misconceptions or or challenges there has related to the process of building approval. Somebody wants to build a home, you need permits, you need plans that are sound and engineered, you need approval if you're living someplace that has, you know, most major cities, for instance, you have to get formal approval, whereas in some cases, there's been hemp homes built where it's in an area that does not have very strict building codes and you have some more leeway. But there's some work to be done and there's been a great amount of progress working with the building approval committees. And I, I have seen from taking this to the trade shows that I've gone to locally, we've had interaction, a very, very dynamic interaction with local building approval committees who have never seen or heard of hempcrete 
and they're very skeptical. And there's an opportunity there, which we did. We had a great dynamic conversation and took initial challenges and had a great conversation about it. And in particular there, in that case, just a quick aside, one of the big benefits of hempcrete or hemp lime is that it's so-called breathable and that when you have moisture and humidity building up inside your home, these walls that are made with hemp, they're vapor permeable, which means they're watertight, they're not drafty, but that excess humidity buildup is going to release and escape through your walls, which makes the inside of your home much more comfortable. The building approval members happen to be standing off to the side as I was going through some of these bullet points with interested expo attendees. And what caught, well, all they heard was the breathable and they got pretty um, engaged, you know, <laughs> I'll say it favorably and positively, but they got pretty engaged with me on that. And they were really concerned about, well, how is this going to adhere to the 2018 energy code requirements and this and that. And we did have a great conversation overall, very dynamic, but it ended very favorably. So one thing in particular, I have to give the biggest thanks to our key trade group of industry. That's the U.S. Hemp Building Association, USPA. And they were the trade group that spearheaded with industry collaboration, a lot of the, the key stakeholders of the hemp building companies that have been around the longest. They got together and they submitted hempcrete and one approval to get it into the residential building code defined with expectations. And this was done to help really bridge the gap and give a, a reference point for when folks want to build with hempcrete, but maybe their local building approval committee isn't familiar. This gives a great leg to stand on to help initiate a great conversation so we can really get moving at bigger and bigger scale with hempcrete just has to get out there. And that's something that the trade group USPA and the stakeholders of industry worked really, really hard on. And that's a victory that really benefits us all to help clear up some of those uh, misconceptions that might happen. Absolutely. Yeah, really just getting the, the truth out is essential for for business reasons, for safety reasons, and just for expectations. And this material is phenomenal. There are tremendous benefits, both to our health and to our environment, uh, but also just to the quality of life. Like you mentioned, the, the breathability, the anti-mold and mildew properties, and the acoustic benefits. I mean, there's there's so many amazing benefits beyond just the energy savings, you know, that we would get as far as energy bills. So right. thank you for clarifying a few of those things. I'm curious yeah. as far as how your, your blocks sort of work into a project, because we see the typical hempcrete cast in place method where there's a framework and you've got your timber structure or steel or whatever it is that they're, you know, wire framing the house with or the building. And when it comes to your blocks, 
how does how does the the structure of the house work into it or like how, maybe describe to us that process of working with the bricks and and the framing of the house and how that plays to plays out mm -hmm. yeah that's that's a, a big one that i discuss with people just about on, on a daily basis just to offer some friendly good counsel on a pathway forward something really important to point out about the intended use for hempcrete and what the industry accomplished, as I said, with getting into the residential code, it's actually coded and defined to be used as a non-structural wall infill system, which basically means they have an expectation that you would support that building with a frame, such as a timber frame, which most are pretty are very familiar with a stick built timber frame such as two by fours and two by sixes and what that does is that that puts the structural liability on a system that's very well established and then hemp line can be used around that and the neat thing with our blocks is that they're very adaptable to builders preferences and a couple of examples. We have a builder who they're planning on doing two by four frames, and they really love the idea of having a block that has notches on the in the middle and notches on the side to let it kind of wrap or fit onto and kind of wrap that stud. So you're actually pressing the block into that stud cavity instead of having the entire block just laid on the outside of the timber framing. And another great example, there's another builder who he's actually been doing hempcrete panels, which is super neat, where they essentially frame the wall, such as a four by eight section or larger, and they lay the framing on the ground and it's designed to be very structural and they fill it, they mix and fill it with hempcrete, and then they lift those, they stand up that panel into place. But the neat thing is this builder found us and he actually wants to use, he asked if we could make a, a so-called skinny block, like maybe a four inch thick block that he can lay on the interior side of that panel. And so he's already using hempcrete in one manner and he's still seeing the benefit of having our hemp blocks on the inside in addition to that. So these blocks in a nutshell, they're intended to be laid in a mortar bed, which is very uh, one of the oldest and most reliable and secure methods of building that humans have been doing for thousands of years. And you can use that method with hempcrete. And from there, there's a lot of adaptability in having solid blocks or the so-called notched. I also like to call them a retrofit block because if somebody had a house that was built 40 years ago and it needs a big performance and beautifying upgrade, they can totally go in and take out the old drywall and the nasty old fiberglass insulation and the plastic wrap and take it down to the studs 
and bring in these hemp blocks and turn it into a hemp home. You can do a hemp house retrofit at a rapid pace. And so there's a lot of adaptability. Mm -hmm. And I, I do enjoy one of my favorite things is when we get a phone call, a builder has a question you know, about an intended use and hey, can we use it this way or that way? And it, it leads to a um, innovative process of creating something that the market of builders really wants to see. And we have, I take great pride in working to meet those, those requests and let the industry really kind of set forward its own needs. Mm -hmm. So that kind of br brings up a curious thought for me, which is, let's say you order several pallets or a full truckload of these bricks to go to a build site. Are you, like you mentioned, retrofitting and how they kind of lock into place and using the mortar? Uh, if somebody wanted to cut them down to size, are, are these blocks able to be cut with any sort of saw? Or once they're cast, are they, they pretty much how they need to be used and you, you kind of need to figure out the sizing before you get into the project? Mm, I like that. And we've had a lot of questions on that. And that is one of the reasons that we started doing the notched, so-called notched retrofit blocks was that you can, you sure can cut them in the field. And in particular, let's say if you had a big solid block, you know, that was a eight inch thick block, you could run that right through a bandsaw is uh, the most practical on, on a job site so you can do it quickly and i've used hand saws before too it just it takes a little bit more than the speed of a bandsaw a little more elbow you grease. Can actually, yeah a little more elbow grease and so if i was going to do a bunch of cuts you know that'd be my preference but you can run these right through a bandsaw for instance and cut it in half and you can go from one eight inch thick block to two four inch thick blocks and likewise a, a very real example whenever you do block jobs it's very typical that as you're laying the blocks you come to the end of the wall by the corner and instead of a full block maybe you need a half block or a third of a block and so these hempcrete blocks are very favorable to cutting in the field where you can cut it in half, for instance, and then you have two half blocks and you can keep going. So with the notch blocks, a lot of that just came as a convenience. People were asking, hey, can I cut these? Here's what I want to do, or I want to work them around the studs and push them in. Mm -hmm. And so instead of telling everybody you can only order full-size blocks and you have to do all this extra work, it became really important to us Let's implement a solution while it's going through our block making machine so we can notch it in production because we also looked at, well, should we try cutting and notching the blocks post-production and then just adding so much burden and work? And a, a key thing, this is supposed to be a sustainable industry and sustainable solutions that make sense and we should be keeping our footprint down as best we can. So to answer, yes, it's they can be cut very, worked very easily in the field. 
And um, that's one of the big benefits is that it's not a cast it once and that's the only thing. You can get a lot of adaptability out of these in the field. That's wonderful. Well, I, I know we've covered a, um, a lot of the benefits and done some sort of comparison, but is there anything else that you can think of that sets these hempcrete blocks apart from traditional building materials and what you know other specific benefits does it offer in terms of sustainability or just working on the construction site in general? Yeah, gosh, you know, <laughs> my favorite example that I, I keep thinking of, thinking of a lot is, you know, the conventional construction system. I think of, we have a home and especially in the bathrooms, the conventional method for many, many homes is you have latex paint, which is not breathable on top of drywall that was imported usually from other countries overseas and may or may not have chemicals and toxins embedded in that. Behind that is another very toxic or troublesome, unsustainable material being fiberglass insulation. You're wrapping your house with plastic. You're putting a non-breathable finish on the outside. And so I think of the bathroom effect where let's say somebody runs the shower and you have steam everywhere a lot of modern construction is designed around the goal of being so watertight that you end up just locking all this moisture in. And so most of the homes that I see with the conventional materials, it just seems like a lot of toxins, a lot of plastic, and a lot of humidity building up inside, which promotes mold. And many of us that have been around, we've seen what happens. You start getting mold spots here and there. So there's a huge performance gap where hempcrete really pulls ahead. And in terms of, you know, the sustainability, one of my favorite things about building with hemp is the CO2, right? The carbon dioxide and the CO2 emissions globally is one of the big, big metrics of sustainability currently being used. And the hemp plant to grow to grow, it pulls in CO2 first off during its whole growth cycle. So it's pulling in CO2 to grow, then it's harvested. Then when it comes to someone like myself, who's using it to make building materials, super neat thing happens when you mix hemp, hemp herd in particular, with that lime-based binder, hydrated lime-based binder, a really magical thing happens where you mix them all together with water. That lime started off as limestone and they regard it as the lime cycle, which is super neat, but in a quick nutshell, it starts off as limestone. It's ground into a powder with mild heat, much less than Portland cement, for instance, with a small amount of heat, it dries off the moisture and it starts changing form into a very reactive powder. And when you mix this with water, it actually reacts. This is how it cures. It carbonates by pulling CO2 out of the atmosphere. So what we're doing with all this is the plant hemp to start is pulling CO2 out and sequestering it to grow. Then we're turning it into blocks for walls, for homes and such. 
And as it cures, it's continually pulling out and absorbing more and more CO2. And there's been some other just more recent developments where hence builders are incorporating um, things like biochar into the mix, which we're looking at too with suppliers that are coming online. But basically what you're doing is you're going from the old conventional plastic-based construction material industry where everything's cheap and plastic and imported. And you're going from that, which has a terribly high carbon footprint, to building in a carbon neutral and with some of these more recent developments, potentially a carbon negative building where you can build a home and over the life cycle of the home, it's actually pulling in more CO2 than what it took to make it and make it happen. Mm -hmm. It's so cool. I mean, that's just enlightening to, to hear and probably would surprise a lot of, of builders out there. And I think one of the, the biggest lurkers, so to speak, the things that people are unaware of that's happening to literally millions of people across the world is, is exactly what you described. We're living in these sealed houses that cannot breathe with all these toxic materials, which ends up resulting in, I think, a term called sick building syndrome or toxic building syndrome. And right. not only is that destroying our environment and contributing to the greenhouse effect, but it's getting into our systems. It's getting into our blood, into our lungs, sitting there breathing these, these toxins every day. And so there's so much benefit beyond the environmental carbon footprint that trickles down into our financial savings with the energy, energy costs going down but just the overall quality of life going up, like it's a win-win-win situation. Like you say, creating jobs and just right. revolutionizing this this construction industry. I'm so fascinated and, and inspired by what you're doing. What are, are some of the other advantages of working with hemp blocks like on, on site? Obviously, you mentioned like there's less waste. We're not using petroleum-based products but is there any other things that you can think of that, that compare to working with traditional construction materials or on a construction site, like maybe safety or just other factors that you want to mention? Gosh, there's just, yeah, there's so many, Tyler. There's just so many. Some of the stories that I've heard from people that have gotten into this, this industry, one example, I know a guy who used to work for a conventional flooring manufacturer for engineered flooring. And many people might not know that chemicals like formaldehyde are very prevalent in these products. And this gentleman in particular, he shared his story with me. He ran that factory and it absolutely absolutely destroyed his lungs and today as, as i understand it today he still suffers lifelong re repercussions of harm from that and it's not my story to tell but i'll, I'll just put this much out there the, this man who's a great guy 
he founded Hemp Wood. And mm-hmm. I don't want to share his story for him, but that's you know how it's explained to me. And so he was just a manufacturer of these materials. And if you look at Hemp Wood, which they make beautiful hemp-based flooring and other high-end as an alternative to that old toxic combination from overseas. And so I see a lot of example where from the manufacturers of these products, they carry down to the installer. If it's you're the guy in the field that's cutting all this flooring to fit, you're breathing in all that formaldehyde and these, these toxins. So I see just a, a tremendous opportunity where we can do better for not just the homeowners, but let's think of the installers, the builders upstream, all the way to the manufacturers and everybody in between where for one, you can have just so much, much safer product and feel really good about it. And then also the building methods that are going you know, hand in hand with hemp building, such as using hemp blocks, being one of the oldest manners of building in existence, I think there's a lot of familiarity where when people just give it a go, there's a natural comfort with that and it just feels right. And I've also heard people share stories with me um, regarding when they first mix hempcrete, because we do also uh, supply bulk materials such as hemp herd, and we make and distribute our own hempcrete binder for people that want to mix and do the cast in place on site. And I've had people tell me that when they start doing it, they just have a very powerful synergy with that material and just feel so right. And as you're actually building with it, it's a ton of fun because instead of bringing in all these synthetic materials and slapping them together and kind of trying to dodge the the fumes as best you can, it's just such an enjoyable process that benefits everybody from the builder to the client to the manufacturer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's just such a more raw, organic, natural yes. experience that just get your hands dirty, get in there and not have to worry about health repercussions. I really appreciate your time. And I, I just have a couple last questions. One of them I earmarked here, which was the thickness of the blocks. I know in a typical mm-hmm. hempcrete structure, with the cast in place method, it's usually recommended to do a 12 inch thick wall. Are you following the same structure? Are, are you doing 12 inch thick? Or I, I heard you mention like eight inch thick, or is there a standard that you're going for? That's a great question. And we make both eight inch thick blocks. You can have an eight inch thick wall. And we also do manufacture and have been for a, a bit now making 12 inch thick walls and what that ties to and i think it's important for people to know it's not uh, the reason why every area the different regions throughout the united states and across the globe each region has its own unique climate and temperature humidity and so where this started was when somebody wants to build, you would check and see the requirements for your state or county, and they have insulation or in the building industry in America, 
the data, the metric is R value, which represents the thermal resistance, let's say, of keeping the cold outside of their house and keeping the heat inside. And so each area and region is gonna have its own requirements. And so here in Colorado, where we're located, if you look at the insulation requirements for a wall for a home, if you have a 12 inch thick wall, you're going to exceed the insulation requirements for a lot of those areas. And in trade, for instance, there's work that we're participating with and supplying out towards the Louisiana, New Orleans area. They have a very different requirement where it's not as extensive. And so the builders there, they can exceed their requirement with an eight inch block. And then again, places where it's colder here and maybe up north, the harsher winters, you'll want to build that wall out a bit more. And so that's where the different sizing came from. And we were pretty eager to um, be able to meet both of those different requirements. And we have a lot of adaptability, fortunately, with our block making machine that we can fabricate our own steel mold boxes. And we can go from an eight inch to a 12 inch and just really, which is where it comes down to, just to really be of service to the builders of industry and help them meet their goals. That's great. So it sounds like you really build it out based on the location and the requirements of the, the local building codes and whatever the, the builder or the contractor that's working on the project has specced out. So it sounds somewhat custom but you can you can do eight or 12 inch thick it sounds like with your machines right right cool so i'm sure the one question that many people are thinking is how does the cost comparison work out compared to other building materials both in the short term and in the long term yeah that's always a a fun one i love to have that conversation with people and I know, for example, when we do trade shows and we participate in, there's the big hemp expo, the NOCO hemp expo here in Colorado that is the biggest in the United States for the hemp industry. We love going to that and showing off what we've got. But we've also done trade shows locally, like the local home and garden show which was a great opportunity because these were many people had never seen or heard of hempcrete or building with hemp. And some had maybe seen it online on YouTube or such, but not in person. And they were just delighted to see it up close. And so we get a lot of questions like, well, how does this compare to the generic cold gray concrete block that's, you know, on sale for $3 at the big box store. And to really paint the big picture and you know have everything tying together with that conventional building system, you have that block that might start off cheap, but then you have multiple, multiple layers, you know, maybe four to seven different layers of materials that end up composing that wall and all the labor and the different teams that are required to make that happen. And one of the super neat things with hemp building that we see 
is that you're actually eliminating a lot of those materials for different reasons, but you can simplify the building process in such a great way where you throw up the timber, timber frame and then people are either casting in place or laying hemp blocks. And so you go from maybe five to seven materials to make up a wall to two, maybe three, if you count the uh, beautiful plaster finish that is usually the finish option of choice, which very much supports the performance of the hemp wall. So really to get the best feel for how does it pan out cost-wise, I think it's important to look at how much you're getting rid of for a lot of reasons and simplifying that process. And then on the back end, we're thinking of the next 20, 40, 60, 100 years. What's it going to look like with all the benefit of reducing your heating and cooling costs? And with hemp homes too, this is a big building for legacy, which is so important to me is build for legacy. I mean, there's plenty of examples and doable with the right materials, but people used to build a home for their family and you'd have a legacy where it goes down to your children, their children, those of us who may be familiar with permaculture, there's a, a concept that's dear that is you should build or design for seven generations. And so I think, well, maybe even if some of the material that's built with hemp up front is a little costlier than the generic cold block, when you take all this into the big picture and think about that legacy home and benefiting family over that many years, it really comes out ahead in the long run, but you have to have that conversation to kind of, you know, do some uh, friendly conveying or educating with people that haven't had a chance to really dig into it yet. So mm -hmm. that's the conversation that I think we've had quite a bit. And it's a great one to have. It's very important, but those are some of the nuts and bolts behind that comparison, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah, and not to mention the unknown health benefits or the health savings. You're not going to be paying for medical bills or toxic pharmaceutical drugs to try to overcome your COPD or you know your lung conditions Gosh, or yeah. the, the, all the crazy toxic chemicals causing these these you know carcinogenic effects. And then, of course, the quality of life. People pay a lot of money for improving their quality of life. And so there's, right. I think, exponential savings, ultimately. You might pay a little bit more up front, maybe, maybe not. I mean, like you said, with all the additional materials and labor costs, working with hempcrete and hempcrete blocks could end up being more affordable in the beginning and in the end. I mean, in the end, it's obvious, but even in the beginning... Mm -hmm. But just to, to kind yeah. of go over maybe like two or three more questions, if sure. you were to go a little bit deeper into the use case and maybe talk about some of the limitations of hemp blocks, like obviously we talked about homes and standard building structures, whether it's a garage or maybe a library or a school, these different types of buildings. Are there any limitations? Like can we do you know, sky rises? Can we do, you know, five-story buildings or what, 
what would you say are some of the limitations and some of the use cases for these? Yeah, it's interesting with, I think of the, the submittal and the approval for hempcrete into the residential building code. And on the USPA website, the U.S. Hemp Building Association, I think their website is ushba.org.org. They have a copy of that submittal. And it's interesting in that, you know, there was, I think, a consideration of taking a responsibly conservative approach. And initially, the use is designated for one to two story buildings and homes. But an interesting thing is when you look at that, it says one story, but they've already built two stories, two story homes, hemp homes throughout the United States. I think there might've been a, a very conservative approach, which I totally appreciate. But what we're seeing is that because hempcrete done right, it's strong enough, it supports its own weight. And so theoretically, if you can do a two to three story home is what looks like is in the cards currently, I think with the right structure and the right product, it can go beyond that. And we're going to see that coming into the fold, I think, in the next couple of years. The commercial building code submittal approval process comes up, I believe, in 2025. And so I believe it's totally doable to take hemp line building and get it into office buildings and just bigger structures, schools, and the governments, I'll say here in Colorado, they've had a keen interest in the so-called decarbonizing of building materials. They want these sustainable, healthy building materials to get used more and more, and they're starting to incentivize it, which is awesome for industry. Mm-hmm. Some of the, the actual limitations, you know, the as far as how high can you go, a lot of that would depend on the structure used and you have to be responsible. You know, I don't know that you can do a 20 story building just yet without, a lot of it just requires the the proper eyes from the engineers being involved to make a sound engineered design. But I'd say aside from that, some of the things that you don't wanna do with conventional hempcrete, hemp lime, is it's not really intended to be submerged underwater. And so when they build these homes, what they're doing is they just, they build the foundation in a way that the hempcrete wall is elevated at least eight inches above the grade on the outside. And that's just to make sure that your hemp walls are never sitting for weeks or months at a time in saturated water conditions. And that's a design that gets worked into where I think in the finished home, you don't even really notice it or notice it. And it's only noticed in a good way. It looks great the way they finished it. Um, But as far as limitations, that's kind of one of the, the big ones. It's just, it's not really meant to be as defined, and this is hempcrete as defined in the code, which has requirements for density, and this is to give the insulation benefits that you expect. 
it's not the ideal material, let's say, to have a below grade, like you would use concrete block for the foundation walls below grade, going 10 feet below the grade underground. Hempcrete as defined is not really meant to be a replacement for concrete in that capacity, which is totally fine because with the goals of what it's to be used for, the walls, you can make floors too, which is big in Europe, done right. You can make hempcrete floors, which are beautiful in homes. You can do ceiling insulation, but there are just a couple considerations, you know, in fairness to point out of what's not an ideal, which I'm very happy to uh, discuss with people I've done in the mm -hmm. past that they have a, a job coming up. They want to, they need to use concrete and they want to use hempcrete and even though we, I have mixed designs that are, you really can't call them hempcrete, but they incorporate hemp, but are much more hydraulic and meant to be used at grade, like hemp pavers, which we have in development for um, several projects on the horizon, in particular with uh, stormwater management. There's places where they just get totally flooded, the water has to go away. They want to use hemp building products in their jobs. And there are ways to do that. But you know, long story short, Tyler, as far as hempcrete, hemp line, uh, those are just a couple, in my opinion, responsible considerations for um, not pushing that use. So that way you're being direct and transparent with the client, especially more than anything else. That makes total sense. I appreciate you clarifying that just so people have clear expectations of, of how to use this product and what it is and what it isn't. And kind of coming down the home stretch here, as far as our, our conversation, if, if someone wanted to start working with hemp blocks for their own building project, what sort of information or like a, a, a five-step plan would they need to take to, to implement these blocks into their building project? What, what sort of questions would they need to be asking themselves to prepare? Yeah, that's a great question. I really like to ask people first and foremost how they came across hempcrete and hemp building and what it is to them that's most important because for some people it might be reducing the chemical burden of the home or they want to be more sustainable or more plant-based construction. So first off, I really love to hear someone's story about what got them engaged to begin with and what they're looking to expect, what results, and then kind of steer from there. But along that process, what really helps to get it going is if they've thought about their dream home or the ideal home, the project they want to build, if they've gotten as far as at least getting it out and thinking about the dimensions of the house, it, what's the ideal floor plan, maybe 1,500 square feet or 2,000 square feet, how many bedrooms, um, and a, a key one is the height of the wall. You know, most walls are about nine feet or 10 feet until the ceiling starts. And with just those basic, you know, initial dimensions and wants and wishes, I can help them approximate how much material or how many hemp blocks it would take to build out those walls. And 
I do offer, you know, just as a service, happy to give a lot of that initial just counsel or give pointers and kind of share the broad strokes with people. So that way they can start moving forward with the home they want to build. You know, they, they have the finished image in their mind, but it can be a, a, a hassle to go through like the actual building steps and how much of this do we need and what size of the, you know, what's the framing need to look like and does it have to be super specialized? So the only thing I, you know, really ask to get going is just, you know, hey, let's have a conversation about what you're wanting to build, the broad dimensions. We can start painting a picture of how many blocks to fill up the walls. And then what we do, we just, you know, follow a, a typical uh, manufacturer supplier ordering process, you know, which is the same that I use with my hemp suppliers is that when you have an order, you know, we do a 50% deposit to get started. And then before it ships, we do the final 50% to complete the order and ship it off. And I try to keep it just as simple as possible. But I really love helping, helping people kind of work through those brainstorming and you know, work with their dream board, so to speak, and get that vision out of their mind's eye and then help them with these practical steps of just moving forward. But there's not a whole lot, you know, logistically, uh, if you can kind of just focus on the key elements, um, just really starting with that vision and dimensions and timelines, you know, when are they wanting to get going? So I encourage anybody that's interested, feel free to reach out give us a call, shoot us an email and just start having that friendly conversation. That's great. What's the best way for them to reach you? I know I mentioned the website at the beginning, but um, call you or go to your website, feel free to share your information so they can get a hold of you. Yeah, the best, you know, we have our business line. The business phone is area code 970-318-0433. Zero four seven nine. That's three one eight zero four seven nine. On our website, we used we had a contact form, but I think we all can relate to this. There's cases where people would fill out the contact form, and then eventually call, and we never got their the the contact never got forwarded forwarded to the email inbox. So what I encourage people to do, by all means, you can call me directly. Again, 970-318-0479. You can email me directly, which is Derek, D-E-R-E-K, at hempandblock.com. And if you go to our website, hempandblock.com, our contact page was updated where I have our administrator's email address posted so we kind of bypassed that silly old contact form so nobody would get dropped off and not forwarded and much prefer just feel free to reach out and call directly or send an email directly to one of those two addresses. Thank you so much. I, I really love everything that you're doing and it's been my lifelong dream and mission and purpose to revolutionize consciousness and uplift and inspire and and motivate as many people to integrate hemp into their lives and knowing that you're out there helping make this come to fruition is just uh, warming to my heart and one of the questions that i'd love to ask 
all the different hemptrepreneurs that I bring on the show is is more of a philosophical question. And it is if if you had the chance to speak to every human being on the planet, let's say you were on this big podium and everyone on the planet was listening to what you had to say. No right. pressure. If you no could pressure. share <laughs> one message with them about hemp or just anything about life, what, what would you share with every human being on the planet? No pressure. <laughs> I, I would say above all, this goes way beyond the hemp industry, but Above all, I would encourage the listener to believe in themselves and believe in their vision and be willing to take some risks for what they believe in, for something that they think needs to happen or they feel. I think a, a lot of us can relate. There's been times where there's something we want to do. We feel that it's right. We have goals. But we can get in the way of ourselves more than anybody else and create barriers. And everything that's happened with, with this business, with our business, Hemp and Block, everything started literally as a, as a dream, a thought, a conversation. A, a lot of this, a lot of everything that's happened initially started out with my wife and I having talks over coffee and just brainstorming. And this was in 2018, for instance. And a lot of those early years, I was very much working uh, full-time in my own my old career in production management for manufacturing. And it was in the dietary supplement industry regulated by the FDA. And on a lot of occasion, I had the un unfortunate duty of doing the things that are required to satisfy, let's say, the ESG, just very stressful. And I'd spent a lot of time wishing and dreaming and thinking of what life would be like to actually go forward with my dream, which was taking hemp and block into the forefront as we did. But I just, I have to convey so much that whenever we see someone that's doing something great or, you know, whatever, it seems like it's working out for them or what, like everything started as, as a thought and a dream. And I just, I have to really encourage people to just spend some time and just really enjoy and see and believe in that vision and what you want and have some faith in yourself that you really can get out there and accomplish it and understand even if it does take time, maybe sometimes even longer than expected. And Tyler, I know that you can probably relate. You've been in this industry, correct me if I'm wrong, but pushing 20 years. And mm -hmm. there was probably plenty of uh, challenges along the way that, you know, maybe you thought about, should I really be pushing this forward? And as much as I am, or is this the right thing? And, but when you have something that you know is so genuine and true, and you're being true to yourself, and it's an opportunity to be of service to the people around us, I just, I can't encourage it enough to please just believe in yourself and 
take a calculated risk to help make your dreams come true. You know, if you feel that strongly, just do it because the time's going to pass, right? 10 years is going to pass regardless, five years, and you can be that much further ahead if you would just believe in yourself just a little bit more and kind of take that leap of faith. Love that. So kind of wrap it up. So believe in yourself, believe in your mission and be willing to take risks for what you believe in and, and put in the time and, and have the faith. That is kind of what I got from that, which is really inspiring. And I really appreciate everything that you're doing, Derek. And thank you to you and your wife and really look forward to seeing you out there in the, in the hemp field, as they say. Well, Tyler, I, I super appreciate you having me on your show and giving me a chance to share a bit of my story with the listeners out there. And I super appreciate and admire what you've done in you know your capacity and your efforts in the industry. And it's been a lot of fun for me to connect with more and more people such as yourself who are dedicated to doing great things and I think it's like we're living in a history book as the pages are being written. Mm-hmm. And I feel that in 100 years from now, heck, even 50, 50 years from now, everyone's going to say, oh, yeah, of course, building with hemp. Or, of course, make your clothes from hemp. Mm-hmm. And all these other things that are going to be seemingly so obvious. But right now in America, there's the industry being so new. It's it's taken it's taken people with dedication to keep pushing this forward and bringing it to more and more people. And the reward, and I, I think you know of this as well, when you interact with people and you see the appreciation they have for what they're getting, it's totally worth it. But it's it takes us working together. And again, I'm I admire a lot, Tyler, what you've done. And I was honored to be invited to come join you on your show today right on it's been a pleasure and thank you everyone for tuning in to another hemp episode of hemp aware radio this is your hemp entrepreneurial host tyler hemp here to hemp power and hemp educate your hemposphere every time and like i said at the beginning if you have a vision and you're bringing a hemp product to the market or maybe you've been in the hemp industry for years and you're just looking for a way to get on the cutting edge and revolutionize your sales get more customers and optimize your process we'd love to help you bring it to life and make it hempen visit hempaware.com and we'll be happy to work with you thanks again